Hello, and welcome to the Hadoop Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Stein, head of server platforms for MediaLets, the rich media advertising company for mobile. This is Episode 7, an interview with Milan Badakar, chief scientist of EMC's Greenplum. Now on to the show. I'd like to welcome to the podcast Milan Bandarkar. Milan is the chief scientist of the machine learning platform at Greenplum. Milan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So, Milan, tell us a little bit more about Greenplum and its machine learning platform. Uh, sure. So, uh, uh, let, let me uh, step back a little bit. Uh, so, over the last uh, uh, 10 years, Greenplum uh, has uh, developed a platform uh, for uh, data warehousing. Uh, it's based on a massively parallel uh, database where the individual uh, segments, as we call them, uh, are based on Postgres, the open source Postgres database. So uh, Greenplum's speciality is the the quick execution or uh, optimized execution plan uh, that gets executed uh, in parallel uh, on commodity boxes. Uh, And uh, it has been uh, very popular uh, in the industry. A lot of of customers uh, we have. Uh, over the last uh, year, as we started the growing uh, influence of Hadoop, especially in the unstructured and flexible data analysis, uh, we uh, adopted that and uh, basically uh, got it into an umbrella uh, of a platform that we call as the Unified Analytics Platform. So the idea for uh, Unified Analytics Platform is uh, fairly simple in the sense that uh, For structured data analysis workloads, uh, which is optimized for uh, structured data, uh, we should be using the databases, uh, the database technology, which has been uh, developed over the last several years. And for the more flexible, more uh, unstructured uh, uh, data computations, we should be using Hadoop. And uh, the user should not have to uh, decide uh, or should not have to choose uh, between one or the other. Uh, They they are offered the same um, uh, environment uh, the unified environment for analyzing both their structured as well as unstructured data. So uh, as as we see more and more of the use cases in uh, data analysis are actually moving towards uh, data science, as we call them, and uh, as well as uh, machine learning, which is an integral part of uh, large-scale data analysis. Um, so uh, over, over the last year, we basically started thinking about uh, how do we make this unified analytics platform uh, a suitable platform for large-scale machine learning because uh, a lot of these uh, workloads uh, today and in future um, uh, will basically involve some uh, machine learning algorithms, at least some machine learning algorithms. So that is what we are pitching uh, or uh, sort of uh, developing into a large-scale machine learning platform. That's great. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, how you got into Hadoop? Uh, sure. Uh, so my background is actually from high-performance computing. I uh, have a PhD in uh, from uh, University of Illinois, uh, specializing in parallel uh, programming frameworks. So uh, uh, back in 2005, uh, uh, Yahoo launched a project which was sort of revamping their uh, backend search uh, infrastructure. Uh, Yahoo had acquired a company called uh, Ink to Me, one of the first uh, uh, search engines, uh, parallel search engines. And uh, uh, the main components of a search engine are basically the crawler, the indexer, uh, what we call as the web map, and the serving side. So the backend, the content infrastructure, which was crawler uh, indexing and uh, web map, uh, both of the all all three of those were actually being uh, developed or were developed completely independently, and therefore they had their own software infrastructure, etc. Um, so the idea was 
to sort of unify these uh, three different uh, major applications in a in a search engine uh, on a common backend platform. So, uh, fortunately, in 2004, uh, Google had published their sort of blueprints for uh, what they use, the platform that they use, uh, which is the Google File System as well as MapReduce. So. Um, Yahoo's uh, uh, search engine backend were actually very similar uh, in structure to uh, Google File System and uh, uh, and the MapReduce, but had been developed completely independently and therefore had sort of diverged. Um, and so the project was launched back in 2005 to uh, come up with a single platform for unifying these uh, three different uh, applications. Um, uh, this was before we even knew about uh, existence of uh, Hadoop. So back in uh, uh, 2005 December, when we came across this open source uh, platform hidden inside, or actually in, inside Nudge, which is a content engine for uh, uh, for open source search uh, engine called Lucene, uh, we actually discussed uh, with uh, Doug Cutting, who was uh, the founder of that project, and uh, we convinced him that Hadoop in its own, or this uh, MapReduce and Google File System clone uh, on its own, actually stands uh, a great utility, and therefore uh, uh, managed to uh, uh, convince him and and separate it out into a different project, uh, still a sub project of Lucene, and started contributing to it. So this was uh, in January 2006. So um, most of Janu- uh, most of 2006 and uh, 2007, I actually spent uh, um, uh, getting Hadoop to scale uh, and and uh, add function uh, functionality, uh, add features to that, um, uh, and we offered Hadoop as a service for various groups within Yahoo, various teams within Yahoo that were sort of underserved. Uh, they had to acquire their own hardware. They had to acquire their or build their own platforms and then implement their algorithms on top of that. So obviously this uh, caused a lot of uh, uh, waste of time on uh, for engineers and scientists. So uh, we recognized that opportunity and uh, offered Hadoop as a service running on common shared cluster resources. That sort of took off. And uh, uh, in 2007, I realized that a lot of these new migrants uh, to Hadoop are finding, uh, uh, since the infrastructure is not something that they are familiar with, uh, then they are they are actually finding um, it, it difficult to to move their applications on top of Hadoop. So uh, rather than uh, uh, contributing full-time to Hadoop, I basically took on a role of a solutions architect, uh, where I founded a team uh, of uh, uh, four or five uh, really bright uh, engineers who uh, were familiar with Hadoop. And they, we started helping these thousands of Yahoo engineers and scientists, uh, helping them uh, migrate their applications or implement their applications uh, on top of Hadoop. And uh, I'm really glad to say that it was actually a very successful experiment. Uh, a lot of, in fact, uh, by, back in uh, 2010, uh, when I left uh, yeah, Yahoo, there were 40,000 uh, machines across three data centers running Hadoop, and there were more than 1,000 engineers and scientists whose uh, uh, day-to-day work was actually being done on this platform. Uh, as, as they um, said, uh, Hadoop was behind every click on, on Yahoo. So this is in the, in the five short years from a prototype uh, science experiment to a production quality system uh, was enabled uh, in Yahoo. Thanks, Milan. That's some great history, not just about the founding of the project and the code, but uh, also about the community. 
So tell us more a little bit about uh, data science. It's a new field, and it sounds like you guys are trying to uh, create some tools and products that specifically address needs and concerns that they have. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Absolutely. So uh, data science, basically experimenting with data is the main feature of uh, uh, data science or, or sort of what separates data science from uh, business uh, intelligence or uh, uh, traditional analytics. So uh, data science, actually the best definition of uh, data science is uh, from a workflow description, a data scientist workflow description that uh, was in a blog post by uh, Hilary Mason, who is the chief scientist at uh, Bitly. So the idea is that uh, a, a typical uh, job of a data scientist is, can be split into five different stages or uh, of, a, of a data science project can be split into five different stages. Uh, stages uh, Obtaining the data, uh, scrubbing the data, exploring the data, uh, building models based on that data, and then interpreting those models that, that resulted. And as we basically talk to more and more of these uh, data science practitioners, we realize that almost 60 to 70% of their time is actually spent in the first three, that is uh, obtaining, scrubbing, and exploring the data. So uh, it is very clear that there are there is a, a growing need of tools in order to address these most important uh, uh, aspects of a data scientist job. So how do we get data from various data sources onto a single platform? So uh, this is uh, actually a, a, a very important um, uh, first step. And quickly loading the data, quickly creating a sandbox where the data scientist can then explore this data, scrub this data, that is very important. So uh, in Greenplum, we have uh, recently launched a tool called a collaboration platform called Chorus. And uh, in the second half of this year, we are actually going to make it uh, open source uh, under the open Chorus uh, umbrella. So the idea is that the data science is a team sport. Uh, it's not an individual's, uh, uh, individual only job. But you basically need to discover data sources. You learn from previous uh, uh, experiments with those data sources, annotate those data sources, and sort of uh, with, with the gotchas uh, in, in, in those uh, data sources so that now you're, uh, the data scientist's job in obtaining and scrubbing the data uh, uh, that they have available is actually simplified. So uh, Chorus is a way... Uh, to uh, enable collaboration among uh, data scientists. The underlying data platform, uh, some of these data sets uh, are structured and uh, a large majority of uh, data sources that are increasingly becoming available for uh, in enterprises uh, as well as uh, traditional web, web companies are uh, mostly unstructured or the sort of the click stream or the log data, right? So we basically need to give a single unified view of uh, this data platform and this is the unified data platform as part of the unified analytics platform. So these are some of the tools that uh, we are offering to make the data scientist's uh, job easy. Can you give us any suggestions for folks who are looking to get into data scientists? What, uh, what kind of things should they look into or where should they start? Sure. Uh, so data science is sort of a, a, a cross-disciplinary uh, uh, science in the sense that there are elements of mathematics and statistics. There is an element of computer science, uh, especially when it comes to implementing large-scale uh, algorithms, large-scale uh, uh, science experiments. Uh, and in addition, there is an element of hacking because a lot of these unstructured data sources, when you want to scrub them, a quick script or two uh, may be written in like a scripting language like uh, Python or Perl. That definitely helps getting that data into shape. Uh, 
so so these uh, as long as uh, these three disciplines uh, basically you have some knowledge about uh, each of each of those and and are uh, very good at hacking uh, stuff getting things done uh, i think i think that's a that's a great start uh, being a data scientist now obviously there are uh, not a lot of courses or not a lot of university curricula that address uh, data science in particular or uh, this uber field of data science but i think things are uh, looking good i mean a lot of universities are sort of uh, started looking at it uh, one of the things that we started last year was uh, at at the emc university the educational services division was to come up with a five day data science course which is sort of the initial course where the, it's just an introduction to the data science various techniques that uh, these uh, data scientists use and how to apply them to your uh, application or your data sources so that is something that we are trying to address but a lot of uh, other uh, it's, it's an evolving field uh, first of all a lot of machine learning algorithms are being developed that will be applicable uh, to a large variety of sources in data science uh, and, uh, uh, and and a lot of uh, uh, development is ha- happening around these platforms obviously education is uh, one way to go the second uh, way is obviously making uh, available tools uh, that actually enable you to quickly deploy these models as well as build those models so so we are basically uh, working on all the fronts and and uh, another uh, great aspect of uh, the data science movement in general is that uh, or or the recent uh, large scale data systems uh, platforms uh, is that all most of these are actually open source which basically means that the the uh, uh, whoever is interested in learning does not have to uh, acquire expensive hardware or software they can uh, simply have their commodity hardware and uh, uh, download these uh, software uh, systems that are open source and can uh, get started uh, on that learn on their own can you tell us a little bit about where you see the future of hadoop mapreduce and data science going uh sure so uh, hadoop and mapreduce basically uh, as as you know started uh, from one particular application which is how do i build the web search uh, engine backend uh, and that is that is basically started from uh, google uh, mapreduce and hadoop is sort of the open source implementation of that as uh, the usage of hadoop expanded it is being applied or it is being used in several different scenarios i mean we basically saw uh, initial wave of hadoop adopters were basically uh, thrilled that they can now get a very cost effective large scalable storage system to get all the data sources that have they have access to uh, stored there uh, later we basically saw that the expensive data warehousing platforms uh, um, were being used for etl almost 40 50% of the time and uh, uh, people started migrating those etl processes which were sort of easier to migrate to hadoop and uh, because of the flexibility of computation that it offered later since the data sources are all now uh, we have broken all the data silos by bringing all the data sources into a single system people basically started taking advantage of this fact and uh, uh, and uh, uh, try to use data science in order to generate value from this data now some of the common techniques that are used most of the statistical or probabilistic techniques that are used are very amenable to the mapreduce kind of programming framework however there are some advanced algorithms 
machine learning algorithms that get employed in in uh, the data science workloads, which cannot be very efficiently implemented using the MapReduce programming framework. And that is why we have seen the second generation MapReduce uh, uh, platform coming up in the sense that uh, uh, the resource management aspect of the cluster management is basically separated out from the actual MapReduce programming framework, which basically allows us to have more uh, computational frameworks, more computational paradigms being deployed on the same cluster or uh, the same cluster resources as MapReduce. So one of the uh, examples that I like to give is that MPI, uh, the message passing interface, uh, has been a standard in high performance computing for almost 20 years now. It's very good for iterative algorithms, uh, mainly in-memory iterative algorithms, and have been deployed uh, on several supercomputers. Uh, so uh, a lot of these machine learning algorithms which uh, require a lo uh, lot of iterations and low latency communication can actually be implemented very nicely uh, in MPI. So now the issue is, do we maintain a separate cluster, separate resource for MPI or, and a separate resource for Hadoop? Well, with uh, the, the new resource manager that went in uh, to Hadoop MapReduce 2.0 uh, called YAN, we can actually deploy OpenMPI as just yet another framework that is running inside of this cluster. So now we have uh, a massively parallel database as well as Hadoop MapReduce, as well as OpenMPI or MPI uh, uh, working inside of the same cluster. So now it actually gives us a lot of flexibility to implement these um, uh, iterative uh, algorithms, structured data uh, analysis, as well as unstructured data analysis. So that is where I see the future of uh, Hadoop, that Hadoop is essentially becoming uh, a common set of platform uh, or, or uh, uh, abstraction which is something uh, akin to a distributed operating system on which these different programming paradigms and frameworks will be implemented. And then later, uh, once these programming paradigms sort of become stable uh, under the Hadoop umbrella, there will be a lot more development in actual applications working on that. Today, uh, we basically see that there are, there are no standard packaged applications that run on top of Hadoop. Everybody sort of developed their own uh, frameworks and their own applications. But as the platform matures, I think there will be a lot of uh, packaged applications, uh, maybe uh, focused on specific verticals that will make use of the, the Hadoop uh, platform. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with us today? Um, sure, actually. So we uh, one of the efforts that I'm very excited about that uh, we launched recently uh, as part of a consortium of various industries and uh, academia uh, called the Big Data Benchmarking uh, Community. So uh, we recently conducted a workshop where more than 40 uh, uh, people from uh, various uh, companies, almost uh, one per company, essentially participated in that. And uh, we came up with uh, an agenda where we will basically develop, uh, as part of this community, we will develop a, a set of benchmarks that we would... Uh, then have uh, implemented on, on different platforms and then uh, so that the industry users or the users will actually uh, have some sort of an intelligent uh, decision making based on those benchmarks as to which platforms to choose. I'm really excited about that effort. That sounds really exciting. Well, thank you for your time, Milan, today. I really appreciate it. Thanks, you.